0: Even the sun will burn itself out one day, even the world will spin itself off into space. Even the heart will beat itself to death one day, even the soul will leave its cage. Good evening, I'm Douglas Bowles and this is 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and SyncBook.com, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day. You can find us online at 42minutes.com and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. Our climb is over. We are in the tree fort. I will see you tonight when Finn Riggins takes the stage to kick off the whole thing. If you still need tickets or information, go to treefortmusicfest.com. And please be sure and check out all the interviews from our March Music Showcase with the likes of Disco Doom, Magic Sword, Yvette, St. Seneca, and Story Grub. Today is the 20th of March, and everybody knows that this is episode number 128. So I keep you close till the sun explodes, I feed the ghosts, and the fear is over. In the year 2000, I moved to Seattle. It was like living in a dreamy cloud for a time. I listened to John in the morning and walked up the hill with the aid of a coffee messiah. On Broadway, this naive and young Idahoan had no idea what a faux bang was, but I knew that I was curious. I loved the fact that the stranger seemingly hated everything. I saw so much good music too. I saw The Shins at Sit and Spin for their Sub Pop Seattle debut, because Kathleen Hanna said that it would be the soundtrack to our summers. I saw Death Cab at the Crocodile for their photo album CD release. I saw Murder City Devils for their final show, and I saw Built to Spill at the Sky Church perform a Beef Heart song in honor of Chris DiCchino. It's a magic place, this Seattle. I had a sublime moment once, one evening, by mixing Kid A and Cafe Vivace on the street in the rain. But it's the light that I found so compelling, a mixture of clouds and sun, a symphony of a constantly shifting contrast of light and color. I found and heard that quality last year on the main stage at the Treefort Music Fest. These shifting contradictions swam in the music of Deep Sea Diver. Recently, I recognized and found this same quality when I heard Iskadaf for the first time. It, it's a presence and an aliveness that speaks to me, resonating a vitality that I can only find in that part of the world. Iskadaf, meaning let it go in Somali, is Nathan Quiroga and Benjamin Verdos. Inspired by Sufi poetry, limitation, and an obsessive preoccupation with writing, the duo have fused their seemingly disparate musical and personal backgrounds into something searching and honest. For the past three years, they've been crafting Even the Sun Will Burn, which was released March 11th on Brick Lane Records. They will be making their Treefort Music Fest debut Sunday, March 23rd at 7 p.m. in the Linen Building, which is an all-ages venue, and I'm really looking forward to it. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me today. How are you guys doing?
1: Really good. Thank you. I'm doing great.
0: So does that sound just like gobbledygook, or do you feel like the place imparts something on the people that live there.
1: No, I think he hit it right on, especially the uh, the color of the sky and the light. It's basically what it looks like today.
0: Yeah, I mean, so when I was there, it just seemed like every moment was new. And people think, "Oh, Seattle's so gloomy," but at the, you mm-hmm. know, at the same time, it's also just incredible.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful spot, and there's absolutely there's. It, it was making me very happy hearing you list off the different people in the moments that you shared, because there's always those moments being created here. Like, there's so many fantastic artists out here.
0: Well, and so this is what's funny about what what happened to me in contacting you guys. I had created this narrative of who and what you were based on what I, what I initially saw that was not true at all. I thought, oh, here are these young, earnest guys, and they're making this incredible music, but, you know, I didn't know... I didn't know your backstory, and so I just thought, okay, well, you, you've you got a couple good-looking guys. One guy plays guitar. One guy is a drummer. There's some sort of uh, Somali connection, and they're making this great music. I did not know that you both are rock stars. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, it really well, kind of been- threw me for a loop. So so you both, um, you both were in bands for... For the better part of this of this uh, decade.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And but I mean, yeah. like like the introduction said, quite different from Iskadoff.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I think uh, I think we. Like, I mean, the thing for us is, I think we were both searching for something that we like. We felt like was. Uh, you know, uh, like maybe a more accurate representation or like a, maybe a better conduit to speak through, you know, artistically. And so I, don't, I feel like we just, it kind of just like, it kind of just happened and once it happened, we just we were just right on it. We never kind
1: of missed the beat. Yeah, and it takes time to, to find, you know, yourself and to allow yourself to, to come through and, and to burn through a lot of the, the facades that, you know, or, or just the guards and walls that we put up on a day-to-day basis. And in this project, I've been allowed the time to, to find things, you know, and that's what that's what playing with somebody every day, you know, and, and working on that uh, allows you. And in my previous projects, I didn't get that, and so this is, this is a true pleasure.
0: The only way I can kind of frame this conversation is the idea of art with a capital A. I mean, it seems like that's where... It, in in some sometimes conversations about music end up being like like gear and driving you know it's like a metaphor like driving a forklift you know it's like operating different machinery but it, in this instance you guys it's more exploration and the result is yeah. you know the result is it's it's like a sea creature making the shell and it just so happens that in the exploration you make something beautiful <laughs> would would you yeah the always- would you yeah, agree? totally.
2: I would agree. I mean, I, I hope that's the case. I mean, uh, I mean, like, I I think that both of us are, were like, yeah, at at a point where we're trying to like move on. We both have been through, a, you know, some, you know, obviously in, in, intense life circumstances, and um, but but yeah, I, I think that like, especially when hopefully when you come out of a project like we did. um, you you kind of become less less interested in in some of the things that you've already done like like playing playing certain you know tours or doing certain like uh, playing in certain studios or using certain gear I don't know like I think for me it's like it, it's about like what we're trying to say and what we're trying to like understand and and uh, you know like the craft like understanding how to make something that lasts a long time and that impacts someone so they could describe it as eloquently as you do you know
1: yeah just trying to make connections you know it's less about uh, you know, when you're younger, you know, you you have this illusion of, of what you, you think it is. And that quickly gets destroyed. And you realize what's sustainable. And it, it, what's sustainable is something that, that feeds you and that makes you happy. And that it, it doesn't really matter what other people think, or, you know, it, it you don't, it doesn't matter how many people like say that it's, it's great it's it's you knowing that first and foremost and believing in what you're doing and 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 that I think in when you're younger you're always like trying to you know maybe like impress somebody and with this project, I don't think we're really trying to impress anybody but maybe ourselves and first and foremost just trying to push ourselves and so that's been that's been good
0: well, that's what I found so striking is the the idea that you spent three years working on this album
1: mm-hmm.
0: And so there wasn't any like drive or you weren't compelled to get like a product into the world. You were just, I mean, could you describe that process a little bit?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I didn't know. So I started off playing the banjo cause I didn't know how to play instruments. So really, so I, I had to, that's why it, a, a big reason why it took also a long time. Um, but just, I had to figure that out. And, uh, then, you know, you want to write something that is as good as, you know, hopefully your taste, or at least close. And that also takes a long time. So it wasn't necessarily that we were recording for three years. It was that we were, we were exploring, you know, and then we, once we broke it down into a million different pieces and put it back together and broke it down again and put it back together, we, we then, you know, found a collection that we thought the themes connected and we went into the studio, um, and you know, recorded it.
2: And, and and also we we like kind of learned how you know we learned how to play live. I mean, a lot of this stuff started like with me playing bass and writing like little little parts, and then Nate writing a melody around it, or you know, or you know, I would play drums and he play a guitar line, and then eventually you know, like it it kind of just evolved into like you know, one day I was jokingly playing the bass parts and my drum parts with you know. <laughs> at the same time, and Nate was like, that's fantastic, we have to do that, and I was like, oh my God, I don't know that I can do this, but we just kind of, we kind of just worked through it, and, and, and I think that in the process of, like, confronting limitation and confronting, like, things that were new, um, we, like, I, that's where we kind of, I think you just, if you're patient and you work hard, you discover your identity, or, like, what, what your chemistry is, and, like, what, you know, kind of what the energy is, and I think that once we started to understand the energy, it, it became Way more of a spiritual, like we kind of channel some of the like our friendship and channel some of the things we're reading and and discovering in our personal lives, and so at that point, then you kind of find your voice uh, collectively, and I think that was that was a large part of what that
1: time was about.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so let's I'll I'll explain the narrative that I had. I thought okay, there's a drummer, and then the musician who who sings also. And it's just so funny. So this is the way, you know, and part of it was based on the Everybody Knows video. But, I mean, this is clearly not the case. I had no idea there were two voices a lot of the time on that. Could you uh, say who you are and then primarily what you do?
1: Nathan Kiroga. And I I primarily play uh, electric guitar and also star piece of organ. Those I don't do at the same time. I do those. You know, those are my primary focus. Uh, and then do vocals um, and, you know, write, write a lot of lyrics and, you know, stuff like
2: that. Benjamin. Yeah, I'm, I'm Benjamin Verdose. And, and I, uh, I play the drum parts and write those. And then I play the most of the bass parts um, I write. And then a lot of the time um, I play the bass parts while I'm playing the drums. Um, and then I sing harmonies over most of the songs um, while I'm doing that. And um, and then triggering loops also feet <laughs> um, and then also like in the writing process like a lot of times we'll craft the song together so like I'll maybe I'll write the bridge you know and I'll be playing bass or I'll write a hook on guitar and then Nate will finish it or he'll play drums while we're writing it. You know, it's just kind of, like when we play live we have like a, a setup that, that kinda of makes sense, but like in, in the writing process we're kinda of all over the place.
0: Yeah. And so like what was the band that you were in before this?
2: Uh, I was in a band called Mount St. Helens Vietnam Band.
0: Right. And um, and you played Treefort last year, didn't you? Was that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And how did what was your experience with Treefort like?
2: Uh, it was awesome. I, it was definitely one of my favorite festivals that I've ever uh, ever played, and I've played quite a few of them. Uh, the vibe is like really low key there, but the people are really like interested in the music, and the the the, the people who run it are like um, are awesome. So it's like it's really fluid. It doesn't feel like congested or like over the top.
0: Great. And do, are you friend friendly or friends with um, the festival director Eric Gilbert? Uh,
2: I only I only know him through um, through playing the festival like I don't know what my I think I I knew of him because my friend Drew did a tour maybe with his band Sinrigans um Uh I hadn't met him officially until last year
0: okay yeah because I it's just so funny like I I I don't think I saw Mount St. Helens Vietnam band last year I know that I I read the bio a few times and i know that people were talking about it and it's like there's so much going on do you remember which venue you played at uh we played at the shrine yeah (laughs) what did you think of that
2: Um, it was actually really dope i had a good time um like that my thing is like it's probably a whole uh 4200 minutes in its own story but um we had so we hadn't done a, a, a ton of uh Rehearsing, um, we've—it's just been a really interesting couple of years. But we did—we rehearsed and we got out there, and I didn't really know what to expect. But it was—it was like, like I said, it was such a great festival. When we got on stage, at, uh, it was—it was a really fantastic show. I really enjoyed it, and like I thought we played really well.
0: Wonderful. And and Nathan, had you ever been to Boise before? Yeah, I've been to Boise once uh, with
1: Madrad. We played out there once.
0: Yeah, I was trying to Google and see, and it it looked like you had come through one time. And so, and what did you do in your previous life? So I was uh, I was
1: more like an MC, a lyricist. Yeah. So, I yeah, I guess you could call that, but it was pretty experimental.
0: What, and so that's where the cognitive dissonance came from. So it's like, okay, I thought that I discovered you guys. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is so good, and I'm the first one to the party. <laughs> but then <Yeah. laughs> you have <laughs> Macklemore is in the video, and I'm like, why? Why? That doesn't make sense. I don't know. Somehow it makes sense. But do, were you friends? So in, in the Seattle hip-hop scene, were you f- friends with Macklemore, Nathan?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're friends. Yeah. Um, we're also just we, were, we came up in the same scene, so like, you know, he he would be opening for us, and we'd be opening for him, and you know, he we would meet up, and you know, I worked on some songs. I'm on I'm on the record, the highest.
0: Yeah, so I that, saw that.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm on that record. I'm on the one we did did before that, um, but yeah, primarily we're friends. Like, just we would meet up and talk about writing, and you know, just try to push each other, and so. Did you yeah, guys have any that's...
0: idea that, like, that something like that would ever happen? That he would become a international superstar?
1: No, no, not to that level, not even close, actually. But uh, I, I got a hint of it. I got to see it come, <laughs> start to to brew, and then I and. But it just, I don't think anybody saw that coming. I don't think he saw it coming either. I don't think we any of us know anything about that world being up here in the northwest and yeah. so it's been quite a surprise for everyone involved including Ben Macklemore and, and Ryan that's uh, yeah it's yeah, it's very interesting
0: yeah
1: it's exciting that's what saying. <laughs>
0: yeah definitely well the the KEXP crew always loved his stuff when they played it, it for years yeah i mean yeah, even even they, before he like really popped those you know his songs the heist was coming out Like, months and months before anyone knew it on, like, KXP uh, podcast stuff. Totally. Yeah. Okay, but so then, seeing, I mean, that's the two worlds that we've got here. So, clearly, you're not just a drummer, Ben, because you're, like, in this, what they call math rock, and you played guitar in that band, and then it's amazing to me that somehow you bring those two worlds together and make the sounds that you do with Iskadov.
2: Yeah, I think too, especially like on the surface, it, like it does, I, I think that for me it, it, at first it seemed that way, but the more I got to know Nathan, I mean, the, the, the thing is, like, I actually started playing guitar with with Mad Rad, so, uh, I mean, like, I I had been, it was incidental, I, I wanted to learn how to, like, make beats and, like, work on electronic music, so I was working with, with the producer from Ed, um, Peter, and and then I was listening to some of the new songs that Nate was singing on that you know, he was playing me, and I said, you know, who's this singing? I was, and I, I started to recognize very early that Nate has a, an incredible, you know, um, you know, predilection for for melody and for like writing really great parts and songs, and so I I, I kind of I, I wrote a few guitar parts for that record and, and played a few shows and got along really well with Nate, and I kind of just thought that he was. Such a fantastic songwriter that I, I wanted to kind of like write stuff with him, but also like even if we didn't end up forming the band, just to help him develop his like his concept of like songwriting and like being able to become self sufficient. Because I I thought that he was so gifted, and, and and so I mean, you know, obviously several several years later, it kind of morphed into something entirely different. But you know, him learning a lot of that stuff in the process and put us both at, like we both write constantly, and so it's, it's a really cool project to be a part of because. We can write separately. We can write together. We can. We can. One of us can write the lyrics to a song. The other one can edit it. It can be anything, really. And that's a that's a real rarity in a in a band, with this, especially because roles become so fixed and people become so uh, grappled, sort of talk to a whole of um, so top to hold to identity. So, project has been a, a huge relief and a, and a really exciting like collaboration.
0: Yeah, I, I read a a quote. You were quoted in an interview saying that. Um... He doesn't know it, but I'm gonna start a band with Nate. He's the best songwriter. In, <laughs> he's the best songwriter in town.
2: Yeah, and I still believe that. You know, like I, I really do. I, I'm a huge fan. And like, I, I, um, when I heard some of the stuff that he was writing, and I asked him how he wrote it, and I was just watching him perform. I was like, an incredibly gifted human being. So, um, yeah, it just so happened that we get along really, really well, and, uh, and write well together. So, maybe it was, uh, maybe it was meant to be, or something.
0: <laughs> OK, well, so we we can go there. Um, oftentimes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a, a show about meaning for the most part, but that you end up in like the realm of synchronicity. Does it seem like mm-hmm. this is meant to be? I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, to me, I think it's like you, I think you cultivate a certain
2: energy in your life. And, and the more I've gotten to know Nate, the more I know we actually have a tremendous amount of stuff in common. Um, from work ethic to like shared like childhood ex- experiences, like from fathers, and just like a bunch of different stuff. But like, uh, I think that you do create a certain energy in your life too. And if you're if you're looking to do something beautiful in the world, and you're looking to 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 push yourself and um, you know I- experiment and explore, like I think that there's a certain magnetism that that you know you draw some like minded people you know in your direction, and and sometimes that results in something really wonderful.
1: Yeah, I always look at it like. Like you're kind of being like almost like a lighthouse, and you're sending out this signal, and, it, it, and you attract people, and you attract different energies, and they send out things, and you you know you swim out to them, and and eventually you you know you, you sort of find your way and,
0: and through life. Do you sometimes recognize that you attract the same people over and over again? It's like the Wizard of Oz, where you keep bumping into people, similar archetypes in different Masks.
2: Uh, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I, I feel like I've experienced that to some extent. Um, although, although I think I think that I, I hit a certain point in my life where I actually wanted something so distinctly different, um, as far as like a working relationship. And, and so I, I think that I, I actually broke free from a lot of things that I, had, you know, made like made commitments to or, or, or had been playing different roles. And, and, and as I hit a certain point in my life and I like, kind of opened up, I actually was able to, like, work with someone like me, where I in the past I wouldn't have been able to do that because I was uh, raising a kid on tour, you know, or doing such and such things. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely know what you're saying. So I have some people in my life that resurfaced, but I, I think that I've become, I guess, as an adult uh, at my age, I feel like I've become better at being uh, more clear about what I'm trying to do as an individual and, like, with my working relationships, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, so that's one of the reasons why I kind of started the conversation with the idea of art so in the packet that came with the album there's you know director intention of the video there is a lot of liner notes that's describing the intention like the conscious articulated intention of the songs do, is do you yeah. guys do you guys have a background in in art
2: Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we both, we both come from, like, you have some different, different things that, like, uh, I mean, like, I, I, like, write poetry a lot, both, so does Nate, I write, I, you know, grew up writing, like, short stories and, and studied literature a lot in, in my undergrad, um, you know, and then aside from music, like, just always try to experiment and learn different instruments, whether it's violin or cello or whatever, even if I'm experimenting, um, and Nate definitely
1: has a, a full, like, other spectrum, you know, yeah, I, I I went to school for theater, so uh, playwriting, directing, acting. Um, like I was graduating for the, uh, I was trying to get my uh, degree in original works. So, um, but I ended up dropping out my last year to do music. But yeah, so storytelling in any capacity or connectivity in any capacity, communication.
0: Yeah, really. well, so my my wife just did an MFA thesis in painting and it seems like a, a lot of those painters and sculptors and stuff they're they're doing their process intuitively mm-hmm. there's intention even if it's not necessarily conscious and then it right. seems like the point of uh, uh, an art program is to make the 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 the, intuit, the intuition more conscious, where you're able to articulate what your intention was. Even though oftentimes when you're just seeking, you don't really know what you're doing. You're just kind of seeking, and so it seems like there's this kind of BS game a little bit. But I was really impressed with with you know the uh, the liner notes.
1: Yeah, it, well, it's like uh, in a sense, like with art and any whatever it is that you do, if you're if you're kind of just Going from your feeling and or just trying to get something out, and then it's almost like you put yourself in the chair, uh, and then you get to be your own psychiatrist later. You got to look at it and see what it is that you you are feeling then, and who what you are trying to express, and so then you can then you can cognitively break it down. But in the middle of it, you're just trying to get something out. You don't necessarily know what it is. You just know that there's a feeling there, and you know when you hit it it's because it rings throughout your entire body and, and you know that that's that's it but yeah you, it's it's a different shift of of brain like it's a different yeah it's hard to describe
0: huh but well, there's definitely this psychological slash spiritual component to the songs
1: uh, absolutely absolutely
0: and I mean and
2: I think that part of that like I think you know, as an as an artist or I mean even as a person, like the things that you take in, you know, surface in your speech or in like your dreams or whatever and like for us like being like, you know, obviously like sharing resource material, like we're reading like it Should be poetry or then we're reading William Faulkner or like you know, like I'll be reading something, I'll be like, Hey, you should read this, it just blew my mind, it really articulates this idea, this conversation we had and then Nate will be like, "Hey, did you you know did you read this book of poems you know by you know Santiago you know Baca or whatever you know it it it's, it, it's like this kind of world that you create where you're building you're building these with these source materials and then then it just comes out right because cause those things are all dear to you anyway I think if you're a thinking person who's like you know sensitive and 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 you know like actually wants to to understand your existence and you take all these things out at end and then your own experience, your own thoughts, your own feelings, your day-to-day life kind of come out in this amalgam of, you know, of, you know, of your, your experience and, and your, you know, your input. Then you get to sift through it, you know, when it comes out, you vomit it back up. And you
0: get yeah. Back. So sift through it. What, what, what do you like on even the sun will burn and, and what, maybe I won't say <laughs> we won't go the other direction. They're all very good songs, but which ones do you really like right now?
2: I mean, man, I like the whole record to be honest. Like it, it, like it's such a process. It's such a narrative that describes so many different things. Uh, at certain points, and like at my on my like, you know, at my on my week, you know, or my it, like I like quote the lyrics a lot to Nate and to like people around me because like sometimes it's just the best explanation for this thing. Like sometimes like that song, same and is like so meaningful to me. And like you know, Nate wrote the words to that song, and like it, it like reads. So beautifully, I'll, I'll say you know it's not just us. Nobody's happy because sometimes you go through one of those dark Seattle days where everybody just it seems like they're struggling and like what are we what is happening here? You know, I I thought, I think that like, the record to me is like uh, I mean it has like some real bright spots. Um, like I said, same Indifference is probably my favorite song overall. But like each song has like such a, a powerful like different. Uh, mood or idea that it's describing and it's hard for me to distinguish.
0: The cathartic wailing on Same Indifference is just so wonderful. For, for whatever reason, when you get into that space, and I think both your voices are coming together on that one, it's its impossible not to just sing along. <laughs> there's there's awesome. a, a great release in that one. I also recognize in Seattle it, it seems like in the summer when things start getting just a little too hot, that's when... People start going crazy. It's <laughs> like interesting. You need to get out of the city and like go find a lake somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think for me, um, well, what about what about you, Nathan? Which which song do you like right now?
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, I go through I go through different changes. Uh, I mean, I like that song a lot too. Same difference. I also like Even the Sun a lot. Right, uh, that that song means a lot to me, um, and and more so because it's for the, for, the, for different people. It's written for it's written for other people, and I, I think sometimes that when you when you get to share it with other people, it, it just means more to you, you know. Um, so yeah, that that song hits hit, it, me, but I, it's all it's I I love the whole record. I love it. For, I love them all for different reasons.
0: Yeah, I mean I I know that for me that's the one. That haunts me, even the sun. I mean, it's the one that that I can play like three or four times just just because it it starts out, it just creeps into it, and then it just takes you for a ride at the end.
1: Oh, that's awesome! I'm glad that that worked.
0: <laughs> no, it, it's almost it's like I, I the confidence you need to really start out that slow. Yeah, it, it's it's impressive.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was um, that was the last song we wrote for the record. So I didn't, we didn't know that, that was gonna make it, and then we decided to to just go for it.
0: Cool. Well, yeah, way to, way I to, to, way
1: to go. <laughs> hey, I was gonna say it was cool to hear you read it. read the words at the beginning. I I always forget that that people hear these words or that they actually like they understand them, you know, or that they even have a connection to them. And I think that's why I keep writing. But it's funny, when, when you read them back to me, I was, I was like, damn, I actually like those lyrics a lot. <laughs> 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 and, it, and, it, and it sounded good when you were reading them,
3: too, so that always makes me happy. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, in a world of,
2: you know, reviews and and kind of like blogs and, and you know, people vying for some kind of like, uh, you know, uh, attention or something, a lot of the sensitivity, like a like emotion that you connect with in your own songs can can start to be a little bit degraded. So like yeah, it's awesome to hear someone like read it and, 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 and yeah, totally absorb it because that's like exactly why we do this, you know, exactly. for ourselves and for the people who like like you, you, like yourself, who who very clearly um, appreciate and like spend time and benefit from stuff. Yeah,
1: these sounds, the songs, they're just like a vehicle for this meaning, you know, and for these words to so that they can live. So um, it makes me really happy when you, when you actually can hear them and, and have a
0: relationship with them. Well, it's strange because, and this comes up on the show that where, when you sit with a piece of writing, there's there's a way to take that in. And appreciate it, and deconstruct it, and have a conversation about it. But with music, it's it's just so different that oftentimes we don't. I, I recognize that we don't give music the kind of depth of consideration that we do with with like a poem or a piece of art or something. Maybe art is similar, where you you just brush over it with your eyes and say, "Yeah, that's interesting." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's strange to me that I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to give more thought because I know that, so like oftentimes a song will capture something, you know, and that transmits immediately. Like the surface of the song is there and you say, you know, I get this. But then yeah. as, as you wade in and go deeper and deeper, you see the layers and how much depth it really has, whether or not, you know, it's just like a, Sugary pop tune with not a whole lot of substance, or if it does, go way deep.
1: Yeah, that's my favorite part actually, is those layers unfolding, and when you spend time with the record, it it kind of exposes itself to you uh, in different lights depending on what you're going through.
0: Well, can you name a record that has you know you've that's really been one of those you know unpeeling moments where you can just continually find new depths?
1: Uh, well, I mean, one of my favorites is uh, In the Airplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. I feel like I could, I've could, i listened to that record for so many years and I get something out of it every time, something new.
0: Hmm. He was just here. It was an incredible show. It was really, really wonderful. <laughs> yeah,
1: that dude's amazing. He's, yeah. he's one of my favorite songwriters of all time.
0: Yeah. What about you, Ben? Is there a record that, that has...
2: Lots of them. I mean, it's, it's always, like, I feel like it's always changing. Like, I have, like, my, my staples, you know, like some things that I, like, grew up on that I, like, return to all the time. Um, and things, like, I always see it as, like, things that help me through different phases in my life. Like, lately, I've been listening to this, uh, this record by this uh, called, about his name, Austin. It's called Valley Maker, the, the group is And uh, for, for whatever reason, like, the songs just get inside of me and I just like it, it. Really, like it really does something to me. It's like therapeutic. I have to go, like, kind of listen to it and work through the ideas, It's uh, and, and just the phrase, it's very intricate, like the phrasing and just these, like, the way that, uh, like, he he juxtaposes and like, puts ideas together. Uh, it, yeah, it's been it's been really like uh it's been really like speaking to my own like kind of experience. Um. So yeah, I mean, it, it's always changing for sure. Like, and that's. Like one thing that's been really awesome for me is that like I, I went through a phase where I got kind of jaded, especially after touring a lot, and like kind of felt disconnected. But in the last like year or two, I've really been able to like connect with records and like sit and I buy them on vinyl and just like sit and, and listen to them. Like uh, Jose Gonzalez is in there. Like I listen to his records a lot. Like they channel something really beautiful and spiritual for me that I like. I like it's like therapy or something.
0: But yeah, I can get that. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll talk a little bit about. The, the overall tone, but there's definitely a, a chunk of this that feels really political, um, general malaise, and then the, the, everybody knows. Okay, so let's start there. Um, the video tells the story. Is that the same story that you guys kind of had in mind when you wrote the song? Or is yes and no. Yes and no.
1: Yes and yes and no. Uh, it not not. Uh, let's see. Because that, they, that's they a work br- seamlessly. Brief, a, yeah, it's a brief moment. It's a brief moment in that that it could be portrayed like that. But it also follows its own story if you go if you watch it line by line. Uh huh. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, so also there's like two songs that haven't been released yet that originally everybody knows: General Mills, Digging Ditches, and. Um, and the the, yeah, humans. the humans—they were like we were going to release that first, actually, as an EP, and they all had these certain like kind of narrative perspectives on on this like phenomenon of like drone warfare and like this disconnection and like kind of yeah, the, the political climate, like kind of where we're at right now. But I guess I would say Jenna Malay's actually yeah, the narrative of that and the characters basically, uh, I think I kind of assume them into everybody knows like uh. And, and that concept of, of, like, the kind of uh, excite, excitement and the, the, like, kind of fervor of, 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 you know, war and, like, what we did with, the, with that video, we kind of took those characters in General Malays and put them, we kind of made them real, so to speak. And so in that regard, yeah, it fits together really well because the intention of those songs was very intentional. Or, you know, the intention was very direct, and, like, we, we built, like, those characters. But um, as far as, like, we did write the lyrics, Separately and edited them separately, but it fits together pretty well, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I mean, so I can see how there is kind of a a '60s flavor to the record a little bit with it's the just that keyboard sound, I think, and it gives it kind of an ominous feel.
1: Yeah, yeah, there. Is that, I think that could be it. Uh,
0: but Maybe it, start here. And there's, I guess, you know, people want to call that like a, a surf rock quality.
1: Yeah, there's some search elements.
0: That was my, you know, when when I saw the video, I didn't have any context for it, and it immediately kind of tickled my David Lynch, or David Lynch funny bone, kind of. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. good. That's a very good thing.
1: <laughs> he was definitely uh, yeah, in, our, in our Pinterest. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Especially how. You guys in the video it's like you show up and okay so here are the musicians they're supposed to perform and then they go into the darkness like you guys disappear into the darkness like you're going into this uh, you know it's it's the, all those scenes from apocalypse apocalypse now or what you know wherever where they're in the space Yeah, where the darkness is oh, I like
2: that Yeah no so, I mean, that was actually like very like well so in a lot of the like in a lot of the meetings that the director and I had like uh I would reference uh, David Lynch's work, but like also like just this idea that like it it it's almost a bit of a time trap too. Like the the video is like bit, it has a historical like kind of like direction. You can you obviously know where it is, but in in some regard it ha- it is just like this kind of you're stepping into this other world. And I I think that for me like again going back to just like some of the direction of it is like I think what what I wanted to like retain is to be like. Yo, like, we're still doing a lot of the stuff we were doing then, right? And people are still, like, really, like, a lot of people are really cheering, like, excited about, like, the the negative stuff that's going on because, you know, we're, like, we're constantly bombarding with these images and, like, there's something about war that seems to get people really excited and and violence that is attractive and and there's this mix of sexuality and all these things that are happening all the time that we're kind of, like, a lot of people now, though, I think, are like, "Oh, yeah, well, we've learned," or like, "We're doing something different." But there's, there's really that happening all around us. Yeah. So we still kind of live in that world, so to speak. Nothing's changed.
0: <laughs> no. No.
2: And and I think also like Nate and I had a lot of conversations where it's like I, I didn't necessarily want to appoint us. I don't I don't think that we're we're trying to take anything on our shoulders. Um, but I, there's something to be said about like this idea of like making something, like, literary, but also that has a commentary on, on like, what's happening, and we weren't necessarily seeking to do it. It kind of fell on our laps, but, like, uh you know, like, my father was in Vietnam, so I've been very preoccupied with that for many years and doing research, and and one thing that, like, you know, you find when you're listening to a lot of the music and watching films and all that is is the sense of, like, protest music or people, like, really going in and, and, and working through these ideas, and I, I I I know it exists now, but it feels like it's it's kind of, like, not cool where people don't want to talk about things, and and I felt like uh, when we started working on this, it was a great release to be able to, like, uh, you know, actually say something and explore the ideas for ourselves and, like, what it means in our modern context.
1: Yeah. Well, it's detached, you know, warfare, and and we're living in a pretty detached society, Uh, even though we're seemingly always connected, and so the record deals with that quite a bit.
0: Yeah. The contradictions. Yeah. When I when I first saw the video, I didn't know what to make. I mean, so I, like I said, I didn't have any context, and so I kind of read the Macklemore character as like the devil himself, and he even had that. I, I saw it as a cane. I didn't see it as a golf club. And and of course later I, I found out. Oh yeah, he's he's Bob Hope, which is it's really <laughs> right. It's really Thanks. funny. But I, I, it also, you know, like the idea that he's the devil makes a lot of sense, too.
2: No, it does. I mean, I mean, the kind of a soothsayer, this kind of, like, person that people, like, kind of look to to be, like, have, like, relief or have, like, be entertained or, like, you know, identify with, like, the, the everyman. I actually really like what you just said. That's a, I, that's a really beautiful interpretation of it, and I think that... Like the reason we asked Ben to play the role is like he, he was like our uh, like it literally fit the concept so well, and I think he totally got the character and the kind of like what some of the commentary behind it was.
0: Yeah, well, I think you guys are gonna be big stars, <laughs> <laughs> and that's good. So you know we need people thinking big thoughts, like asking big questions. Um, we're just about out of time. I'm wondering about the live show. You know, what can we expect? Yeah. You, you guys are doing this stuff with only two of you. Oh, yeah. How? how yeah. You just played a big show at Numo's for the record release. How How did that go?
1: That was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. All of our friends are out, you know, all of our coworkers, everything. It just felt like a, a, our entire community and, and their community's friends came out to support us. Um, for this show at uh, Street Fort, you know, um, I mean... I'm We're excited to share it with you, what we what we practice every day. It's a lot. It's a, a lot. <laughs> we're going to, you know, have to go meditate before <laughs> um, and get in our zone because there's really not one moment that you can let your thoughts drift um, or you miss something. It's a very uh, mentally and physically taxing uh, act, and, uh, and I'm very excited to share it with
3: people.
2: Yeah, and and also like I mean, hopefully that like I think that, like what what you described the record as like you like come away with something. So like for me, my like I like I'm kind of a perfectionist, so I always want to play really well. But like I think if you can hit someone over the head with those ideas, and that we all kind of have that moment of communication, and people we walk away with something, and people walk away with with an idea or a feeling that's profound, and like that's amazing.
1: That's true. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Like like you know, I guess you know, it's good off scene is about letting it go. And- That's that's what we're trying to do right now, and it's the hardest thing to do. And so, if we can if we can let something go and 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 take something in, then uh, yeah, then then that's a success.
0: Perfect. That was forty two minutes. Thanks for sharing it with us.
1: Great. Thank
0: you. You've been listening to Iskadaf on SyncBook Radio, a production of SyncBook.com. More information about the work of Iskadaf can be found at iskadaf.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guest, check out past shows, or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at 42minutes.com. If you like the podcast, please support it by becoming a donor. You'll find the donation links under each episode on the website, and consider setting up a monthly charge. Thanks so much, and let it go.